this is Talking Sea, your weekly supply of the dark side, not just the dogmatic narrow view of the Jedi. Everybody, my name is Josh Roach. I'm Chad Campbell. I'm Josh Tim Q. I thought I was all alone. We, we we weren't sure who was going there. Yeah, so. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, you guys need to figure out where your hierarchy is uh, in, the, in the Talking Sith podcast. Go ahead, think, write it out. I think Tim Q has been on on more of them than I have, so he would be higher uh that i don't know that's a stretch <laughs> i haven't been on very many he hasn't been well, on maybe, maybe we've been on the same amount i don't i don't know yeah there's a good stretch where i was on just about every week but that was like episodes 20 through 30 maybe yeah now before that maybe maybe 12 to 26 some and, something like and, that and now the next stretch will be episodes like 39 through 339 <laughs> there you go sounds good good oh <laughs> uh, guys today is august 26 2020 as we record and today in star wars history in 1998 the tales of the jedi redemption 2 the search for peace what a title tales of wow the jedi what is that <laughs> I don't know. cool what is it <laughs> Somebody want to look that up for me? Get somebody, somebody Wikipedia that for me. I don't even know what that is. Is it a game? Tales of the Jedi? What? Two. Redemption two. Jedi the search Re- for peace. So Tales of the Jedi Redemption two: The Search for Peace. Yes. Wow! What what a title! Wow. It's <laughs> a mouthful. Dang. Yes. Okay. Right up there with. Uh, Imagine if we do get a, a a solo sequel. It'll be solo. Something, okay, something, so it's a something, comic book, a Star Wars story, solo, yeah, two, or dose. You know, so yeah, solo dose would be great. Solo Probably dose. offensive in some way. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> All right, what do we got, Tim Q? Oh boy, so. Uh, my computer's acting funny. I won't really scroll down. In 2008, we also have Coruscant Nights 2, Street of Shadows. <laughs> Seriously? This is the yeah. thing at the time. Wow. And in 2009, we had Star Wars Dark Times 14, <laughs> Blue Harvest Part okay. 2. Wait, are you, you're making that one up. No, I'm being dead serious. And also in 2009, the same day in 2009, Star Wars. None of these exist. 39, Tatooine, part three, was published. Wow. What? Yeah. It's like our movie docket these days. It's this part three, this part two, and the sequel to, the prequel to, the remake of. Yes. Right, I've so never God. heard of any of these things. Yeah, and then in 2014, comic books, I guess. yeah, I, I think Coruscant Nights, yeah, I think that was a comic book. 
I don't know about, I think Dark Times was a comic book. Legacy was definitely a comic book. But then in 2014, Star Wars Rebels, head to head, was published. Okay. Is that just like an adaptation book? I think like they used to like do those young reader books. Like they did some like spinoff from some of the Rebels episodes. Okay. So, well, sometimes like I used to buy Pokemon books that were like 85 pages and it was really just adaptations of the episodes. Yeah. But yep. I, I still read them for whatever These reason. like add-ons. Most of the Rebels books are. I know okay. like uh, if you remember Zare Leonis, who was the, um, when uh, Ezra infiltrated the cadets program and he yeah. met uh, the kid whose uh, sister had been taken and he was like, by the inquisitors and he he was kind of like already uh he was like a mole right? yes yeah so he I, comes back later doesn't he like in an episode yeah Maybe not I, him, another one does yeah he comes back a couple Whoa. times i don't know if this head-to-head was the book about him but i know there was a book uh, that head to head okay. just talks about a bunch of um oh, okay. one-on-one fights that took place apparently in the star wars rebels series oh, so okay. the matches that it discusses uh, for example ezra versus an, an imperial stormtrooper sabine versus commandant oresco um, igrm thug droid versus old joe <laughs> oh, old joe, <laughs> yeah. old joe. <laughs> oh i need to watch the series i haven't watched it yet but i'll watch it for old joe did you did you watch clone wars at all no he needs to watch you need to okay clone wars has to be before rebels to really enjoy rebels in my opinion so we need uh, all right uh listeners um soon we will be doing our clone wars review followed by our rebels review and we're going to be doing it by arc um so you should you should watch along with a tim q and myself we'll watch an arc and then we'll podcast okay yeah i can do that i might just look up like what it was and remember what i felt at the time when i first watched it there'll be a lot of clone wars arcs i hate i want you to know that right out the gate i'd say there's about it's like i I like 70 percent of the arcs yeah okay i'll say i don't hate them but But they're you know, they're whatever. If you watched half of that show, it'd be fine. I watched the whole thing because I just have to, but there's a lot of episodes that you could do without. Even in the last season, the whole middle arc, if you took it out, like, it, you're fine. It still makes sense and be okay. See, but we're going to watch it chronologically. Okay. That's how I watched it. Like, the official StarWars.com. Chronologically? Okay. Chronological well, the order. Last season, you probably didn't watch the last season chronologically, did you? So the middle arc should have actually been the first thing. And the first watched. thing, yeah. See, I thought they Followed were happening bad concurrently. Batch. Nope. Okay. So the yeah, it was the first. It was the middle arc with Ahsoka, followed by the Bad Batch, followed by the Siege of Mandalore. Okay. All right, Timkey, what about uh, what about Tales of the Jedi: Redemption Two: The Search for Peace? <laughs> I couldn't find anything on that. It's just a Man. comic book. Okay. Oh, it's a com- okay. Right. I'll, I'll look more. What is it called again? Tales, Tales of the Jedi Redemption 2. So I have a feeling Tales of the Jedi was the title, assumedly. Right. Redemption was this particular 
part of that series, and this was the second entry in Redemption, which was so the same. A comic makes more sense to me. I think these most of these were comics. Okay, because comics have weird names like that. Like there's, you know, Superman, Doomsday Saga 2, and then that has another name in it. And the, uh, the quote for today is, how are you doing, Chewbacca? Still hanging around with this loser? <laughs> okay, so this is 3,986 BBY. So it's like you like Queldroma and okay. Rex Harkoon doing a bunch of stuff. Interesting. So this Sweet. is all Legends by now, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. most of it is. I mean, part bits and pieces have been. Uh, that's another thing I wanted to look out for when we did our rewatch of uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, was um, little bits and pieces of legends that have been, you know, canonized throughout the series. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so it's just one of the old the uh, the. Uh, Old Republic Knights before, not even Knights of the Old Republic would have been technically after Knights of the Old Republic since Knights of the Old Republic took place 5,000 years before Battle of Yavin. Oh, that's interesting. I know in the game you can find Quildroma robes, so I don't know who those belong to then. Really? Maybe I'm mistaken. Now, I thought it was 5,000 years. How many years did you say that was? Uh, 4,000 BBY. Okay. Who in the world? K. Queldroma, or that is. K. Queldroma. Well, guys, we got some news on Probably Star Wars Squadrons and uh, <laughs> Lego, the Star Wars Skywalker saga, heading to Gamescom. Sweet. Now, is Gamescom, is that happening, or is that like another kind of youtube stream thing i think it's just going to be a youtube stream thing electronic arts is bringing star wars squadrons to gamescom later this week and now it's official that warner brothers games will be doing the same with lego star wars the skywalker saga which we've been hearing about for the better part of what a year and a half that yep. uh, it's a total revamp of the uh the whole lego star wars platform uh more characters than ever and you're going to be able to play through the entire Skywalker saga. Um, so this is credited to uh, a prominent video game journalist, Jeff Keeley. Uh, he confirmed that Germany's annual gaming convention held from August 27th uh, to August 30th will be hosting a brand new set of gameplay reveals from Star Wars Squadron. Uh, the opening night live presentation will... Uh, as the name suggests, open on August 27th. Let's see. Keeley has also indicated that Gamescom presentation is going to have a much more of an emphasis on titles that have been revealed by their publishers rather than to serve as a launch pad. So we're probably not going to be getting any new games announced, but they're finally they're okay. going to be giving us a little more of squadrons and a little and some news, hopefully a release date on uh the Lego Skywalker saga. Yeah. Oh, so you I guys... wasn't listening to that. I did something else. Hold on. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so I looked this up. So KOTOR takes place around 3956 BBY. So KOTOR is like 30 years after Tales of the Jedi Redemption 2. And uh, K-Quell Droma was Ulick's brother, and Ulick killed him uh, after turning to the dark side. So okay. anyway, KOTOR is like 4,000 uh, BBY. It's a thousand Not years 5, off. Yeah. A thousand years off. Anyway, back to the topic at hand. Um, I, I was, well, hey, no, it's, uh, it's good. good to get everybody straight on their legends. <laughs> you know, some legends, you know, all, all legends have some truth to them or something like that. Ahsoka says that at some point. Yeah, like Paul Bunyan. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, you know, that's. <laughs> In the blue ox. We're we're all from Michigan, and we all know how that mitten got formed. Paul Bunyan lost his mitten in the snow. He stomped all around it. There it was. I've never heard that one. Is that legit one people say, or did you just make it up on the spot? (laughs) I've heard something like that before. Oh, no. I mean, probably. He's everywhere in the, like, Upper Peninsula. Everywhere you go, they're like, Paul Bunyan. (laughs) Paul Bunyan and, and, and pasties. Oh, I love pasties. Oh, pasties. yeah. Oh. That's all. That's all there is up there. I don't like no, pasties. It's, it's beautiful, but I do not like pasties. I, I and I don't like grits. Oh, I love both of those things. Pasties. It depends on what place I get them from. Yeah, I I just yeah. remember going down to Florida for like when I was like eight years old or something like that. My family took a uh, a trip down to Florida. Um, and I was super excited because I convinced my family not to just go to the Magic Kingdom to go. So they were like, okay, if we're not going to go to the Magic, just the Magic Kingdom, you get to choose a place and my sister gets to choose a place. So my sister, Ashley, um, being the uh, fanatic that she was for like Animal Planet and the such, um, it was the year that uh, the Animal Kingdom had opened up mm-hmm. at Disney. So we got to go to, we, we went to the Animal Kingdom. We did like their safari thing, which was cool. Um, and I convinced my parents to take us to then MGM. And I think now yeah. it's called Disney Hollywood Studios. Hollywood Studios, yep. And man, um, I could have been content just to stay in line at uh, Star Tours which is the only reason I wanted to go just all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the line was like mind blowing for me. You had like the droids talking in the background, like they were like talking to you and like getting the uh, shuttles ready. And now that was, that was quite an awesome trip. But uh, on, on the way down, we stopped for breakfast um, somewhere, Georgia or something like that. And uh, I ordered eggs and bacon and toast and then, out comes my plate and there's like this glob of stuff on it and i'm like uh i didn't order this whatever this is oh that's grits it comes with everything oh yep pepper pepper and cheese on grits that's what i do it's good oh i mean cheese may pepper and i'm a big fan of cheese always been a big fan of cheese and uh i've grown to love peppers so cheese i'm pretty sure yeah i'm pretty sure you can get it at um cracker barrel that way with that stuff you've grown to love pepper so peppercorns are an acquired taste for you you know how picky i used to be which didn't help with them bringing out something foreign (laughs) all all you used to eat was salt 
<laughs> that was a major part of my diet. You want to hear something about Cracker Barrel that you'll have to edit out later? Oh, boy. Uh, no. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, if, if, if I have to edit it out. No. Okay. But oh, if, well, then no, we're not going to, I won't say it. That's okay. Darn it. I wanted <laughs> to hear it. Oh, man. Well, we'll have to all go without knowing. All right. In our next story, Giancarlo Esposito talks Moff Gideon in The Mandalorian in season two. And he's quoted in saying, uh, let's see, where's he at? He says, well, it means a lot to me because I've strived in my career to be colorless. I am of mixed race, half Italian, half African-American, and I grew through the period of time where I was uh, relegated to play thieves and thugs. I learned how to do a Spanish accent to play Spanish street characters who were murderers, killers, robbers, and the like. So for me, it's a crowning moment when I could get a phone call from John Favreau, and he says, I wrote a role for you. Which is cool. I mean, I know Giancarlo Esposito from his role in Breaking Bad. Yeah, I, I think, think that's how everybody knows him. Most everyone knows right. him from. I mean, to be fair, though, in both Breaking Bad and Mandalorian, he's still kind of a thief and killer. Like, you know, I'd, not to rain on that parade, but, you know. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, Breaking Bad and he's, he's definitely uh, – but, I mean, he's a higher class thief. You know, he's not like a thug in Breaking right, Bad, right? right? He's like running a criminal empire. And then yeah. he's a moth in, uh, you know, in Star Wars, so in The Mandalorian. And, I mean, his whole backstory is yet to be seen. All we know is that he was uh, supposed to have been executed for war crimes, right? Isn't that what Cara Dune says? Wasn't he executed for war crimes? I don't remember Probably. That. I think she said something like that and then uh it, he obviously had something to do with and like the uh like mandalore being laid to waste and he has the dark saber so there's a lot to his character that we don't know um it says uh the first season ended with one of the biggest cliffhangers in recent memory with esposito's moth gideon surviving a tie fighter crash and wielding the famous dark saber which has a very deep roots in the history of the Mandalorians. In fact, it was created by Tar Vizsla, the first Mandalorian that entered the Jedi Order. Before that, it had only appeared in animated form in the shows The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Speaking about the Darksaber, Esposito told IndieWire, it is certainly to be revealed, and I don't know how it will unfold, but I do know we get some inklings of how he got this saber. We've seen this TIE fighter, and that's an ancient throwback in a world that we're in now. And what I love about the ideas and the expansion of the Mandalorian, and I'm almost sure that they're going to be expand into new characters and new worlds, is that we will have to wait to understand or have some keys to guide us to understanding how he got this weapon, how he learned to wield it, and what he might want to do with it. I can guarantee you, you'll get those clues in our next season. Nice. That's quite an answer. Okay. Right. Yeah, he just kind of rambled on. but Yeah, a bit couple, of a ramble. A couple things to note here. Um, understanding how he got this weapon. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to learn about that. And how he learned to wield it. So are we going to see a lightsaber, some lightsaber action? You think we're going to see him 
Oh yeah, I think so. Is he just going to be hacking at it, or yeah? So that would that would imply he has some level of mastery with it because like Finn just picked up a lightsaber and started hitting stuff, right? But uh, you know he didn't know how to wield it, I guess, in the same sense that Moff Gideon. You wouldn't really say wield it if you're just you know you pick it up. He, I don't say, I don't think Finn was really wielding it. He was just kind of using it to defend himself or you know just hack at kylo ren yeah maybe yes no Chad, when know. are you when are you wielding it and when are you yielding it <laughs> that this is the real the question. question let's see what wielding means i'm googling it so another i mean we all know about the uh, the uh, the rumors of uh ahsoka tano Yes. In season two. I mean, think- that's basically been confirmed, hasn't it? Like the actress even said, "Yeah, uh, I'm in she? it." Did she? Yeah. Who they said was it? Who was it? Rosario Dawson or something like Rosario that? Rosario Dawson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty she sure she's. It? Yeah. Maybe. And she's- like, p- people on Twitter had even asked um the voice actress, and she was like, "Yeah, I didn't have like a say in it or something." So I mean, they've responded. Higher ups have said something. I don't think it was confirmed yet that I guess look it up. I, I think it might be confirmed that Rosario Dawson is in it. I don't think it's been confirmed if she's playing Ahsoka. And I think that when Ashley Eckstein was asked, she was asked what she would feel about her oh. uh, Ahsoka appearing in live action if she wasn't playing her. Huh. I guess I'd I guess I'd want to look it up because I thought it was confirmed. Think so. Um, okay, I can, I can look up real quick, but I really don't think that Star Wars has actually confirmed it, and I think we, I think we're going to start getting those confirmations. According like, to Wikipedia, like, Rosario Darson's playing Ahsoka, but that's Wikipedia. What's their source on that? Yeah, what's um, Star Wars exclusive? The Mandalorian season two casts Rosario Darson. Screeta Peter Screen Rant Will yeah. Thorne. I don't know. Like what does it have? Like what's Rant? the website? I guess. Oh, Variety is one source. Oh, okay, then that's legit. Yeah, it's it, it can be, so it's probably true, but I don't think it's been officially um, announced. Yeah, but Variety I, doesn't I, post bullshit stuff. Variety's like that's top notch. That's like New York Times saying something. So I'm looking for Dawson in on StarWars.com, and there is no there is no Rosario Dawson. Interesting. Okay. So it's not official yet. It's heavily rumored, and it comes from a lot of great sources. Um, so it's probably true. Just. Just... Yeah, I mean, Wikipedia also says Tamira Morrison is playing Boba Fett in season two. I don't know, right? That which that is was... that's also not confirmed. Right, I was under the impression that was not confirmed. But I mean, he's going to be a clone or Boba Fett or somebody like that. But yeah, personally, I'm rooting for him to play Rex, even over <laughs> Boba Fett. I yeah, think I've cool. said this on the pop on the podcast before. Yep. Um, okay, but I was so. Chad, what are what do you think our chances are of getting uh, Giancarlo Esposito's Moff Gideon in a lightsaber battle with the likes of an Ahsoka Tano? 
I think fairly high. If Ahsoka's going to be in it, it would make sense that she would be in this whole thing with the Darksaber and all that. That would make sense to me. Um, I I don't know how much the... I mean, obviously they're going to explain how he got it and stuff, so they're going to have to touch on that. I just... I feel like they're going to want to keep the Mandalorian as separate. I think I talked about this last time. From Clone Wars and Rebels as possible. Um, I mean, they'll, yeah, they'll want to reference them and stuff, but they're not going to make it where you had to have seen those to understand what's happening or that I have to now spend literally a half of this episode explaining something to you so that it makes sense. Right. So a part of me feels like she may appear and help in one episode and then go. Like, I don't think she's going to be in it for the whole season. See, either she's going to show up at the end and then she's going to be in the whole next season. Or They're not going to bring Ahsoka into live action for a cameo unless... I think one episode. That's a cameo. Like, that's a guest star. A guest I don't star. think they bring her in for a guest star appearance, uh, appearance except if the rumors are true that they're going to be doing a live action Ahsoka series as well. That that's I'd hate that. Works. I don't want that at all. I don't even like the fact that they're merging on uh, that they're making a live action version of an animated character because I'm so used to that version of the character. We already did that. We already have that. We've already had that done. With with who? Who do we have? Anyone major? Saw Guerrera. Yeah, okay, that's true. That was in Rogue One. But, I mean, you could say Saw Guerrero was in a standoff also. Like, I mean, he's hardly in it. He's very minor. and and, he plays a a major, a pivotal role in Rogue One. Right, but you could watch that and have no idea who he was beforehand and be completely fine. And that's what I think they'll try to do with this. Like, I watched Rogue One with having no idea who Saw Guerrero is, and I came out of it not necessarily needing to know more about Saw Gerrera or thinking like, wow, I wish I had known more. It would have been better. I mean, yeah, it was fine either way. How did they explain Saw Gerrera in Rogue One? How did they introduce him to you? They just give, you know that he has a pass with Jin and then he's like a rough dude. And that's all you kind of need to know because he's only he in it for radical, like, yeah, he's he probably in it like 10, 15 minutes. To, Right, but he's talked about. I mean, they're going to Sagarera at the beginning. Everybody's trying. They get Jin uh, explicitly to make contact with Sagarera. You know that she was raised for a period by Sagarera. She's rescued by him at the beginning. Um, right, and then his death has an impact on her. His, you know, he's, and I mean, he's popular. He's become popular enough after his role in Rogue One that he's popped up in a lot of other ancillary material. My point is, though, like, you were introduced to him, and literally, like, they said, oh, yeah, he he was, uh, um, like, his militia and stuff, they're radical, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it was a couple lines of dialogue, and that's all you needed. They could do the very same thing with Ahsoka, like, oh, she used to be a Jedi, and she left. Or, you know, she had differing views with the Jedi Order, 
and she left yeah. before Order 66, but she fought in the Clone yeah. Wars. Yeah, but she has so much more than Saw ever had. Saw has, like, before Rogue One, Saw did have four episodes of a show where he had a role. Right. But Ahsoka has literally an enti- two entire TV series. So this isn't like oh, some, I'll just throw her in light thing. And that's why I think that she won't be thrown in light. That's yeah, why I they think. Did it with, they did it with Boba Fett, too. He was originally animated. Yeah, that is that is Ooh. also true. That's oh. true. Um, Still, probably less screen time than Saw Gerrera. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I think I see. I think that with Ahsoka, they'll do an episode that has her. What I think they'll do is that like cross pass. Like we're gonna throw this in this episode, but here's the real thing. Like this is her other thing. What I I want Ahsoka to have animated series, not live action because even the way Ahsoka moves it would be hard to do live action with her like 50 flips and all that kind of stuff that she can do she's made for CG yeah and that looks fantastic yeah we let's let's what I'm saying is like episode three no well he does and it doesn't look good and that's what I don't want to have happen with Ahsoka and also I'm, I'm so used to Ahsoka being one person acted a certain way like her her voice will probably be different and how she reacts to things and emotionally responds to things will be different and i don't know if i like that because to me like i think clone wars and rebels are worth watching and should be watched but if you make a live action version of the same character that's going to catch me up then i have no use for clone wars or rebels i never would have watched them personally um which so then we have like you know two ahsoka's is what it will become. People say, which one do you like more? I like this one more. Live action is the one that's happening now. Let's stick with that one. And we'll just lose the animated one. They should just they should have just forgot Rosario Dawson. Had uh, had Ashley Eckstein come and then just uh, just did a totally CG Ahsoka, but realistic. I'd I'd be fine with that. I'm I'm mixed on it. If it is Ahsoka, I do want it to be a one episode thing so that it doesn't impact what I like about Mandalorian is that it's, yeah, it's canon. Yeah, it's in universe, canon but it's, it's not, it's saga yeah, adjacent. it does not, the Skywalker saga impacts it kind of, kind of, whereas Rebels and Clone Wars are directly tied into the Skywalker saga. Like but. they're, the, the same characters come in, all that kind of stuff. What happens in that imp, can explain or impact what happens in the other Mandalorian should be its own thing. No, but how much right? how much does Ahsoka really affect the Skywalker saga? Because she was created after episodes, you know, one through six were created and out. Right. She was she was shoehorned in between episodes two and three. Um, so really, she is just as adjacent as the Mandalorian is. 
Yeah, but she plays more direct. I mean, she plays directly with Obi Wan and Anakin. If we actually want to write right. these out, and like, and, and, and you, you of all too. people are very sticking to canon and all that. So you should know Ahsoka is way more important right now right. than, and that, than that Mando. That brings me to my second point. So who is the Mandalorian searching for? Who is he sent to look for at the end of season one? The armorer sends him to do what? I don't rem- remember. To like, she says, like the child is like his charge now, and the foundling. Uh, yeah, the foundling. That's he's a foundling now. So uh, the Mandalorian has to raise him as such, and it's like his responsibility um, until he finds his people. All right. So, who are the child, Baby Yoda's people? She talks about his people are like the sorcerers that they used to war against. Sorcerers mm-hmm. being Jedi, force users that they warred against. And so you're telling me, you think that the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, who's got baby Yoda, a force user, yep. is going to run into Ahsoka, a force user, and just be like, hi, goodbye, without I- her taking baby Yoda with her? No, I don't think she would. What are the odds of that? Well, so Rebels ends with her going out to basically explore the multiverse and find, uh, God, I can't even remember his name, the lead in Rebels. Sorry, guys, I'm ruining the ending of Rebels. Anyway, yeah, so that's how it ends. And this is only, this is around the same time, maybe like three years after that, that Mandalorian is taking place. So... I don't see it where she's all of a sudden going to be like, you know what? Not important. What is important though? This weird baby. Let me put all these <laughs> adventures we set up. Let, let me put uh, this 10 seasons after. worth of stuff aside. Now let's focus on this cute thing. Uh, baby Yoda's a 50 year old man. He's older than us. Yeah. He's older than Ahsoka. He's older than Din Djarin. He's, old, he's one of the oldest characters in the series. Is he older than what Ahsoka would be at this time? How old would Ahsoka be now? Let's see. She would. She was 17? She would be like 40, 45 or something. During Revenge of the Sith. So there's 19 years between Revenge of the Sith. And, and then how much oh. between... And then there's three years between Empire and three and two to three years between Jedi and Empire. Tim K, are you adding all this up? We got, no. We got five plus 17 plus 19. 41. Plus five. So 45. 45. So yeah, she'd be like 45 or 46. She'd be close to Baby Yoda. Younger than Baby Yoda. Okay, by like four years. Yeah, well, still. Yeah. Well, I mean, how accurate is Baby Yoda's age? So the he's fifty the weird... years old. Well, I know, but like, according to the weird accent guy, but like, how would he know? Uh, because he had that scanner thing, which tells you their age, and normally it gives you more information. But he says, "All I can tell you is this one's age." Yeah, but it may not be all that precise. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I guess. Either yeah. way, not that just... crazy different between the two of them. Right, but I mean, I'm saying that 
I, I don't think that you have the Mandalorian with a Force-sensitive baby looking for Force-sensitives and Ahsoka, a Force-sensitive, a fan-favorite Force-sensitive, just shows up for uh, an, a, a guest appearance and doesn't have <laughs> some huge role to play in the major overarching story or taking Baby Yoda away with her to start Ahsoka and Baby Yoda, a Star no, Wars No, they would never take but, Baby Yoda away from Mandalorian because 90% of no, the audience stop watching. But how likely do you think it is that they bring Ahsoka, the Force user, in and out without impacting Baby Yoda in some major way when he's searching for the people? She could impact in the way of like, oh... I know who to take you to. I mean, but again, that's a one guest role, a one episode thing. Maybe two if they want to split right, up their their journey. Some new character. That's what the Mandalorian should be giving me. So you don't. All right, thank you. Would you rather Ahsoka Tano, the apprentice? Who you don't know, but pretend Skywalker, the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker, show up and take him to a new character like who you know what i'm tired of jedi popping up all over the place that you know after order 66 and stuff like all right let's stop adding new jedi what if, what, if, what if it's opo ran cc's well he's not confirmed dead so yeah possibly. how many yeah how many jedi are not confirmed dead that we know of? named yeah dead from the prequels poo poo pants pp right there is another one that <laughs> What about, what about who's who's the guy in episode one with the yellow stripes under his eyes did he die quinlan voss still unaccounted for still unaccounted for uh i can't think of anyone else what about the guy from rebels that they could be taking him to if they found him already so okay possibly him but then that what you would be happier with ezra sticking around than Ahsoka sticking around in live action? No, I don't expect any of them to stick around. That's the thing. Like, they're all going to be... What are they going to do? Take Baby Yoda to these guys and be like, I don't want them. Take them away. We ain't got time for kids and changing diapers. Like, okay, here's an extremely force-sensitive little baby. Yeah. I think that... Well, because we know through 7, 8, and 9 that Baby Yoda is not important. Or maybe he will be because they'll reveal it in some special way that okay, baby Yoda something has happened. only aged to being a baby at, at 50 years. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker is like 30 years later, so he'd be like still a youngling at this point. So how important can he possibly be? If he was important, I think he would have been in it, though. Like Leia would have known about it or mentioned it or something. By the end of, but it needs to still make sense. By the end of Last Jedi, we are left to assume there are no Jedi left. This is it. Right. Jedi has not even been a thing for a long time, is what it sounds like. Well, like, that's Luke not a really been order. a thing. Luke had a, not a huge order, but a handful right. of Jedi he had trained. So maybe he starts to train Baby Yoda and Kylo Ren makes him turn on him. What and if, then one of the Knights of Ren is Baby Yoda. What if Baby and, Yoda was just one of the unnamed slaughtered 
One of the Knights of Ren is just three baby Yodas all standing on each other's shoulders. I feel like Mando and baby Yoda are gonna either go into hiding, die, or what they're gonna do is really screw themselves and make it I maybe they could pull it off, it'd be really hard, but open up the multiverse thing and they exist in some multiverse. But Maybe I really Yoda don't think they're trying to pull that. Look at look at look at Tim Q's reaction to that. Like yeah, he that's ate, too messy. That idea if, is not good to him. And I don't think what it would if Baby be Yoda end. was in episode nine. There's a zero percent chance they kill Baby Yoda in the Mandalorian series. No, they <laughs> never would. They never would. No, I'm they, saying that you just The Mandalorian ends, might die ends, in the end, but it ends with Baby Yoda going off to train with Luke as one of his students at his temple. And then we just have to infer that he was killed in the temple. They wouldn't do that. No, they but, never the other, would. It's a family show. What? The other thing I was saying was Baby Yoda. Um, Baby Yoda. Kirsten says hi to Courtney. All right. Well, she's asleep, but I'll tell her. All right. Wake her up. up. Right. But uh, Baby Baby Yoda could have been in episode nine. Um. In the ghost, because the ghost is confirmed to be in episode nine. So if they do take Baby Yoda to Ezra Bridger, or even Ahsoka Tano, who they've both been on the ghost, they both piloted on the ghost, like they could be on the ghost potentially. So Baby Yoda could be there. Maybe we just get episode nine from another point of view, another certain point of view later in time, and yeah. it's just the continuing stories. Maybe Baby Yoda becomes Ray's apprentice. That would be really dumb. But, I mean, it's also possible. <laughs> she could adopt him and then he'll call himself Baby Yoda Skywalker. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They'll do a, a special edition and Baby Yoda will also be a Force ghost at the end. <laughs> See, yeah. nobody expected the Mandalorian to have, like, a huge impact on the, on the saga, on, you know, like, Star Wars in general. It was going to be, like, just this gunslinger one-off, right? Mm-hmm. Until at the end, and we all thought that until the very end of the very first episode when they revealed a baby Yoda. And then we were like, oh, snap. This is going to be a lot deeper than we thought it was going to be. And I think it's just going to get deeper and deeper. We're dealing with John Favreau and Dave Filoni on a, you know, a huge platform, especially yeah. Dave Filoni is... yeah. Dave Floney doesn't mess around and add unimportant things like right. Star Wars Resistance. Right. Hugely impactful. Dave Filoni. That was a was, lie. Dave Filoni was barely involved with that, mostly because he was highly involved with. You're you're talking Justin Ridge territory now, okay? He was a showrunner for that, but yes. Dave Filoni because Dave Filoni was busy with The Mandalorian. That's true. And the last season. So, I mean, I think that, if anything, it's going to be more impactful, right? Well, I mean, he had already pretty much gotten that. Like, it was already pretty much done. They did a few changes and updated some things. But um, in other Mandalorian news, Chad, this one's just for you. The Mandalorian Season 1 soundtrack to be released in limited edition vinyl sets. Man, it looks nice, but I just don't have that money to throw around right now. And it will go within five minutes. And then... Dude, it's only $200. Mondo is the worst with that. I mean, I still don't have like $200 sitting around that I can comfortably just like 
nah, I won't throw it away. I, it's a good, it's a decent deal for the set. My whole issue with it is that total the Mandalorian um, honestly doesn't have that much music, probably like three and a half hours. And so they're putting it over the discs for each version, which is good. Um, but I feel like, I don't know. I, I'm waiting for them to come up with a cheaper one. The baby Yoda. You could probably just download the MP3s. Oh, I, yeah, I already have the whole soundtracks. <laughs> um, but uh, the, I mean, I want the set. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know if like I'm ready to just part with 200 bucks for it. Um, but the, the baby, well, it won't be available. There's only the 3,500 copies and there's anything on my, Anything on Mondo goes really, really fast. What is Mondo? Um, Mondo is a, like, pop arts thing. Um, it's the whole company. They make a lot of exclusive stuff. And their exclusive stuff, they only make a certain amount of prints for, and then it's done, and it's gone. Um, so, like, just through them, this week I bought a Attack on Titan vinyl that's coming out for uh, about the $50 one. But the $100 one which I didn't want. It's literally no different besides just a little bit visually. Um, like that sold out in two minutes and there was like a thousand of them or something. So there, it's a huge scalper pl- joint. So you'll be able to find this record for double the price on eBay very shortly after that. You'll find a ton of them. It's like limited run games if you're familiar with that, but even yep, yep, more... Yep even more limited on their like highly exclusive version pre-order is, is expected to ship in november so where do you actually go to order the mandalorian on mondo so you can't yeah it opens at 10 a.m on monday and then you have to be there and click and hope that you get through the queue in time and stuff all right chip q you know what we got to do for chad we got to both pitch in and Hundred dollars each, and uh, we'll get it. We'll get it for our buddy Chad. Oh boy, I, you could. I, I wouldn't say no. But like, <laughs> don't do I can't. I can't accept. Don't yes, do I, that. I can't. <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll pop for that. Why not? I'd accept it, but don't do it. For real. <laughs> keep, keep your keep your money. Kirsten would kill me. Yeah. We well, that's Courtney that's where I'm at. Co- Courtney would kill me if it's like. $200 just went to what? Oh, it's those Mandalorian soundtracks. <laughs> and yeah. She would not find that as a... I, I just bought a Galaxy's Edge lightsaber, which was more than $200. So Yeah, but I feel like you, early on in your relationship, you established you're going to be spending a lot of money on Star Wars <laughs> for your whole life. And, like, I kind of have said that, but... It's not as she's not as a uh, clear and, and fine with that. Uh, so, what's your craziest Star Wars purchase you guys have ever made, Tim Q? The craziest Star Wars purchase I've ever made. Like the largest scale Star Wars purchase you've ever made, I guess. I don't know. Probably the tickets to the celebration. Uh, that- celebration <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. Oh. I've never spent more on Star Wars at one time than buying those All tickets. Right. Think about your second biggest then. Chad, what about you? I mean, definitely. So definitely like the 
tickets for Force Awakens. I bought all my friends' tickets, but they pay me back, so I don't really count that. No, um, it doesn't count. Yeah. But, um, I guess maybe, Celebration would be it for me, too. I'm trying to think of, I mean, 300 bucks for The Strand okay. to see all of them. Um, but then besides that, probably $65 for the Ewoks soundtrack on vinyl and then 50 bucks for christmas in the stars by far the best star wars album yeah the the guy in the ewok movie just died didn't he yeah made me sad again wilford brimley wilford brimley yep i guess star wars celebration 2015 probably would be my largest because i had to fly to california for it and then If you if you count all that those expenditures as well as like uh, and actually Hannah my wife it was her idea to do it so she got the tickets for like a present for me. See now uh, that's why you can spend all this money on lightsabers. Courtney then, would never in a billion years be like, let's fly out to the Star Wars and celebration. Then, and then she also bought me the uh, the celebrity meetup photographs with with um, the Emperor Ian McDiarmid, um, and then actually the only one we bought on the way that we actually bought ourselves before we got there was the Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher double photo op, which mm-hmm. I'm eternally grateful for having that because That's awesome. yeah it's not even possible anymore and it's just awesome to have them both you know be in the presence of mark carrie and gary all at the same time um and then when we got out there with casey like with casey we talked it over we're like man this you know you don't get this opportunity every day so together we bought the billy d williams one and ian mcdermott and then he actually ended up splitting the cost with the mark and carrie one so he came along for that too Nice. Um, so yeah, yeah that, that's probably yeah. my largest Star Wars purchase but I plan on collecting all the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge lightsabers now like I started and I'm like I need to collect them all now you gotta do it I, I got a picture with Billy D. Williams I think it was only 45 bucks though so he goes for a higher price at Star Wars Celebration <laughs> everyone does everyone does it's crazy now that I've you know, worked Grand Rapids Comic Con, and then I saw some of the exact same people. A lot of the same people were there, and I mean, it was not to get in a least... Power Rangers like you know rant, but you met Bulk and Skull, so I mean, I did. They were awesome. They were <laughs> genuinely awesome people. Yeah, it was a fifteen. I mean, it's like fifteen twenty bucks more at Celebration at least than at another yeah. con, which isn't bad. I mean, right? I mean, it makes sense. That's your your core audience is there. Everyone wants to meet you. Might as well charge more. Hey, mate. Hey, I've said it before. When I met Billy D. Williams, he greeted me as, hey, buddy. So I am <laughs> Billy D. Williams. Buddy. That's true. Yeah. yeah. When you're talking about Luke and Leia being together, it reminded me of a meme. I just sent it to you guys. Uh-oh. Nice. Did, did he fist bump you? No, he shook my hand. He shook my hand. Oh, man. He fist bumped uh, me. Buddy's fist bump. Sorry. Oh, boom. Sorry, Rush. Yeah. Now Chad's over here disappointed because he didn't get the handshake. He did the. I am. He did the. He did the. Uh, 
it wasn't just the handshake. Like he did like, you know, the squeeze and then like the lock the thumbs thing. And then he like shook my hand a little bit. Okay. Yeah. That's better than just a handshake. Yeah. Nice. Not as elegant as a fist bump. <laughs> yeah. He elegant. fisted me and said, Hey, you're my best friend. It was cool. <laughs> did you say he fisted you? <laughs> yes. He fisted me. You might want to think about how you phrase things. I did not say that. <laughs> I thought you said that. That's what I heard. No. I guess that's the I think the you're, name you're, of this episode. Your audio glitched um, right as you were saying it, so maybe I just wanted you to say it. fisted me. Yeah, no. He fist bumped me. Oh, I mean, I guess you got me beat, so. Yeah, yeah. Either way. Oh. Oh, yeah, Balkan Skull, Billy D. Williams. You really can't beat that. Bulk? No. Is, it, is he the fat guy? Yeah. yeah. And his name is Bulk? Yeah. yeah. They were hilarious <laughs> together. Like, they are still really good friends. And they just, they were really funny. They're very much like their characters. Paul Schaefer or something like that? And Paul Schaefer. Is that the guy who was on David Letterman? <laughs> I mean, it's Paul something. Yeah. Wow. His name's in. Yeah. His real name is Farkas Bulkmeyer. (laughs) Oh, wait. Is that (laughs) in in the show? I think that's in the show. (laughs) The character's full name. Yeah. And then, and then Skull, his name is Eugene Skullovich. There you go. (laughs) Wait, what's Bulk's name? Farkas Bulkmeyer. Farkas. <laughs> yeah. Do people have the name Farkas? <laughs> That's a common one. I've yeah. heard that before. I don't know where I heard that name before, but. Farkas. Uh, I mean, it was us uh, throwing yeah. around names to name our children like 20 years ago. Oh, oh it's a. Farkas. He's a character in Skyrim. Okay. That's, that's yeah, see, it, it's, it's canon. Yeah. <laughs> it's canon. Farkas. What? It's Power Rangers canon? It is Power Rangers yeah, canon. Power yeah. Rangers canon. That's a thing. That's a thing. It is. They've had like thirty versions of it now. Hey, it's all one. There's, there's big fans. Canonically, you know, there's a time and, and canonically. Canonically and canonically. Hey, you want to play Sabak or Sabak? Han or Han? Speaking of speaking of uh, Lando Calrissian, Tim Q, I think you have our character spotlight of the week. Yeah, yeah. So I thought we'd talk about uh, Lando's sidekick for a minute, uh, Lobot, the uh, the guy with the computers for ears, and uh, he helps out Lando and Cloud City when uh, they're all trying to escape Darth Vader. Wow, can I get a visual of this one so that I know? Know who it is? Because I don't remember this at all. Lobot. Yeah, he's very obscure. I remember. Um... <laughs> I don't remember exactly what Lobot ends up doing. I do remember like Lando and everybody, they're all running around and Lando presses a button and then you just see like in a dark room, this guy with like, you know, some technology attached to his head, his eyes just open. And then I forget, what does he do after that, Roach? What does Lobot do in the movie? Uh, he leads a, a small um, group of, Cloud City guards or whatever, and they hold up the Imperials that have uh, 
Leia and Chewie, and you know they're walking them as prisoners. Um, I'm pretty sure he also gestures with his hand at one point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't miss that. He's just like, okay. all right. Um, well, let's hear about his sad backstory. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of interesting. So. Um, his parents were killed by robots, <laughs> by droids. <laughs> <laughs> Who's uh, what's the name of the droid? The name is cannibalized. Uh, LN thirty-seven L3, or something three, like that. L three oh boy. L three three seven. I think so. Qt Pi. L three L three three seven. I was right. Yeah, solo L three three seven. Yeah. Um, All right. That's what happened is there was a one night stand between L3 and Lobot and uh, <laughs> Lobot fucked the Millennium Falcon. Basically. Oh. <laughs> oh, it worked. Just raided oh. the exhaust. <laughs> it works. Uh, and uh, came came out with uh, some sort of a, a droid STD and that's what happened to his head. Man. Yeah, so um yeah, this is all this is all on Wikipedia, but um apparently I had his backstory wrong. So I was I was surprised by this as I was looking at it earlier today, but um he used to work for the Galactic Empire and that's what the computers are attached to his head. It's a AJ6 cyborg construct which enables him to run battlefield calculations and that was his uh, job with the empire and eventually at some point somehow he meets uh, Lando Calrissian and then they start doing um, smuggling and crime stuff together <laughs> but here's the sad part of his story let me see how is this phrased he ended up getting injured at some point and um, his mind left so now Lobot's personality and everything it's just the the cybernetic implant so he's he's Lando dead i guess around like a sad pet because he misses l3 wow yeah yeah it, was, it says this in his injured state lobot's mind was lost and his cybernetic implants took over so that's like being dead right like his, I, I don't understand basically so you're you're walking talking vegetable or not talking i guess just walking yeah i don't think he talks in the movie I don't know oh. if he talks in the comic books or anything. But, I think he um, does talk I in think, the comics, but it must be before this accident. Yeah, so he lost his mind before Empire Strikes Back, I believe. Right. We've seen this uh, in in Rebels with uh, Sibo. You remember, Chad? No. With, I mean, uh, maybe. Sibo. Yeah, I binge that show so fast though that some characters just kind of go by the wayside. Oh, okay, yes, yes, I totally know that. Yes, good old Sebo. Who Sebo? And he was also um, he also like lost his mind after some sort of a trauma. Yes. Well, he got it. I mean, kind of back, kind of. There were like glimmers of it. Yeah. 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 It's unclear what his final fate was, but um yes, we don't know. That. But but yeah, that was the uh the Oh, this is the guy that we're talking about? Yeah, Lobot. Okay, yes, I do know who that is. You honestly didn't I thought you were being highly facetious. 
No, no, I really didn't. I was like, I don't know who you're talking about. I just had to see it. Uh, I, I, I mean, I said, sorry, I don't hear Lobot and go, oh, shit, him? Wow. You know, I mean. Everybody knows who Lobot is. <laughs> yeah. I recognize the character. You want to explain to us how he got his name, Lobot? Well, I, I've never read this anymore, but anywhere. But my theory is, so, like, he has a computer for a brain, so he's lobotomized. And he's oh, you're robot, breaking up so pretty bad. Lobotomy robot, Lobot. Lobotomy robot, Lobot, and you kind of sound like you're going through a Lobot filter at the moment here. So yeah, Lobotomy Tech headgear. That's what he has on. <laughs> Lobot Tech headgear. Yeah. Oh, so that's probably not his real name then. That's just what they call him because that's. No, his interesting. Uh, Lobot. <laughs> yeah. You're Lobot. Name. You know the odds. There's no beating you, my man. During the Galactic Civil War between the Galactic Empire and the Alliance to Restore the Republic, Lobot, a male human from Bespin, was hired by the Empire to run battlefield calculations. In order to do so, he allowed the Imperials to implant the AJ-6 cyborg construct to his brain, exchanging some of his personality for increased productivity. Eventually leaving the Empire, Lobot formed a friendship with the smuggler Lando Calrissian, owner of the Millennium Falcon the Chanath Cha Bounty Hunter and the Chanath Cha Bounty Hunter. They remained friends for years and Loba and Cha fell in love. Nonetheless, Kellerissian and Cha went separate ways and Lobot chose to remain with Lando, even though he was in love with the other guy or girl. Uh, at some point, I don't know, is Chanath Cha a guy or a girl? Kind of sounds... Uh, Chanath Cha is a girl. Oh, you know, you know Chanath Cha, but you don't know Lobot. Got well, I mean, Got what it. I mean is that Star Wars wasn't that forward back then and risky like that. With well, this was this would have been the comics since 2015. Oh, it could have been, yeah. Uh, they remained friends for years, and Lobot and Cha fell in love. Nonetheless, Calrissian and Cha went separate ways. Lobot obviously also loved Lando. Uh, at some point during their underground operations, Lando lost the Millennium Falcon to another old friend of his, Han Solo, in a game of Sabacc. So, according to this... So he was there? So he was... Because this is canon, right? Yeah, so... Oh, maybe not. Maybe not. Nope, that was Legends. Ah, uh, okay. Legends. Well, okay. that makes more sense, because we don't see him in Solo at all. How did it? Why did it take me to Legends? I was on. Well, go, da, go down and check again. You were down lower than that, weren't you? Wait, yeah, that was it's, right. It's canon. Yeah, that's canon. Those make sense, but it's canon. So, so he knew Lando during like he just wasn't around at that point. I guess maybe he was running around with Chanath Chai's before they really split ways. Well, yeah. And, um, you know, I for some reason, but he might have been banging Lando as Lando, like canonically pansexual or something. Yes. Lando fucks robots is something like that. <laughs> he's he's pansexual, so that just I mean that that would mean that he's into more than one species, I guess. So, um, most people in Star Wars probably are pansexual. Well, pan means like everything, right? You'll have sex with anyone. Right. Yeah. Yes, 
Is that what it was all started when they found some guy having sex with a, a pan and they're like, What the hell? Have sex with anything. <laughs> I mean it was weird. Dad's a little yeah. pickier with you know yeah, before before I say something scene. wrong and offend people, let me let me look this up. So yeah. Um, the official name was Tupperware Sexual, but they changed it. Biological sex, gender, or gender identity. And you're really breaking up. Can you unplug your mic and like replug it in? Because your video is coming in fine. Is he there? I can see. <laughs> he just looks like, for everybody uh, listening, like Tim Q's video always just looks like. Wi- what was his name? Wilson from, or what was the neighbor's name from Tool Time from Home Improvement? Oh, I thought you were talking about the the volleyball. <laughs> yeah, you look you're like Wilson from Castaway. It's just like a bloody <laughs> face. It's <laughs> a bloody handprint. Yeah, the guy who was the neighbor on Home Improvement. You never saw his face until like the very fin- yeah. For some reason, Tim Q's camera is always just angled to where you can see, like, nose up. So that's what it just reminds me of all the time. Just expecting you to get sage advice from you from over the fence. <laughs> yeah, I don't have much sage advice for anybody. No, it didn't work. I thought, uh, I thought it worked there for a second, but you're still a little bit shaky. Yeah, you guys are breaking up. Um, on my end too, so I think my computer is just being slow. Probably. Now you sounded fine then. Yeah, you sounded fine when you said that. I don't. I don't know how to help it. So far, you're doing. So far, you're good right now. Um. All right. So, man, I don't know. Lobot tries to save his friends. He's laying around naked in this picture. Um. Yeah, so did you get any information on what his accident actually was, Tim Q? No, I didn't look that much into it. Let's see. Behind. Yeah, so what, what caused Lobot to lose his mind and become the cybernetic implant? Okay, here we go. Creation and portrayal. Uh, John Hollis is quoted saying, if you've got a part where you're walking around with lights flashing on your head, you can't really fall, can you? Is it fall or fail? Or fail. Yep, you're right. Um, Lobot first appeared in 1980 film Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back, in which he was portrayed by John Hollis, a character serving as Lando Calrissian's assistant, who was present in most of the original screenplays of The Empire Strikes Back, and many production paintings depicted the character as a tall, regal, dark-skinned woman. Uh... One of the later drafts of the script establishes the character as a cyborg, and it was then that actor John Hollis was selected for the role by the filmmakers. The cybernetic implant prop Hollis wore on his head completely battery-powered and was connected to a spring clip that was fit around the actor's head. However, the prop was quite heavy and uncomfortable to wear. Hollis originally only hired for a week worth of work, but because of the film's extended shooting schedule, yeah, nothing on Empire Strikes Back went according to schedule. He remained on the Bestman set at Elstree Studios for 10 weeks. He's only supposed to be there a week. I'm trying to see if there's anything on here about... So the middle thing says that his original name was ah. Lando's aide. Okay. And uh, he was supposed to have some dialogue, but they kind of cut it. And then they made up a reason for why they cut it. 
and it didn't bother the actor. And so as a reference to the chain, the change, the character was named Lobot, a corruption of the word lobotomy. Yeah, there you go, Tim Q. Yeah, uh, the filmmakers decided that the character had been lobotomized as a result of the insulation of his cybernetic implant, causing him to be become mute. Yeah, so there you go, Tim Q. Yep, he's a lobotomized Lobot. Lobot also died in a deleted scene, but then they said he didn't, apparently. He died in a deleted scene? Yep, that's what it said down in that same where we were just at in the last paragraph. I'm trying to look to see if he's dead in canon now. I don't think he is. No, it sounds like they didn't. They ran with it in canon otherwise. The idea was later, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, last, last paragraph. A scene cut from The Empire Strikes Back called Lobot's Capture depicted Lobot being detained by a pair of stormtroopers while another showed a critically injured Lobot being carried away by several men wearing white masks. Well, probably. Is that stormtroopers then? Or no? <laughs> this was meant to men. as Lobot's death scene. It was stormtroopers. I feel like it would have said stormtroopers but it was ultimately removed by the filmmakers because it was possible that the character would appear in the following film, Star Wars, Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. Would you guys have liked to have seen Lobot back? He's just like Lando's mute manservant, just following him around. Maybe he's got his own little cape, shorter than Lando's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be great. I always liked Lobot just because his name's ridiculous. Maybe his... Uh, Maybe during, you know, after they get the cape, his AJ-6 also has its own little cape that flows from the cooling unit, you know, in the back. Just So it's always just flowing in the wind. Kind of like a, a Lobot bullet of sorts. Skullet. <laughs> it would be more of a skullet, I guess. Just a small curtain around the man's head. Yeah, so that's a Lobot. Yeah, Lobot. everybody. <laughs> Not as interesting as Woo Her. I mean, so you never know. Like, uh, even the guys who get a little bit more of uh, the spotlight, not as interesting. Like, Yeah, no. Woo Her is definitely the most interesting thus far. Thus, well, we also had... Uh, Out of all two. What's his name? We had a character spot. The first character spotlight was months ago. Um. Oh, the pod racer. The pod racer who, who brought his entire family to watch him at the Boonta Eve Classic, and including his uh, newborn child. And uh, then... <laughs> Chad, you're shaking your head. Oh, man. It's, it's cute. I said it before. I'll say it again. It's really cute. Oh, you're gonna you love these character spotlights. See, we got to go more abstract for Chad. That way, he uh... some someone someone saw this movie and thought, "Boy, I want to write a backstory on that little guy in that brief scene there." Let me go home that's and cover Tyrell. a picture. That's yeah. Ty- yep. Yep. Tyrell. That that that's that's exactly something that that a kid would do and send home a coloring picture of this character to their mom with a little story they wrote and then you'd go like oh and put it up on your fridge for a week and then be like i'm done See. no 
Yeah, no, Rats Tyrell's family, like, you do see them in a deleted scene, though. It was originally going to show him, like, waving to his wife and kids and then show their reaction when they see him get blown up. Yeah, and but then they then... also showed up in the Jedi Apprentice book series. His his two older children had procured Anakin's pod years later, and when Anakin has to, uh, is taking, Anakin and Obi-Wan are on a mission, and it's uh, around pod racing on a different planet, but the Tyrell siblings are uh, are racing with Anakin's old pod, and they're they're like trying to get vengeance on somebody. I think it might be Sebulba or something, but uh, it all comes back into play. It's much deeper, Chad. You don't even know. Okay. Okay. Rats Tyrell. It, it's see the, the everything's. Con- that's what's great about the Star Wars. Uh, the Star Wars. Uh, it, that's what Tim Q and Tim Q, Casey, Sean, and myself have always said. What's great about the Star Wars <laughs> universe is you could just shift the camera slightly, and there's all backstories for the, all these characters. <laughs> We're we took such a joy in it, and Chad is just appalled. It's oh. so. It's just a little sad. That's all. It's just a little sad. <laughs> Someone it all comes back into play. Someone fun. had all this creativity, all this creativity, and they were like, I'm going to make this creativity go to a world someone else made. Like, instead of trying to make your own stuff and invent your own things, you're just, you're just so running off the want? coattails of somebody else. How, how interesting would it be to just have like a short little movie about a, a, a guy on his last race of some sort, if you're going to keep it in this world or whatever, like his last NASCAR race and he brings his whole family. It's the biggest race of the, you know, the entire, you know, the whole world. And then it's he the just Talladega gets, 500. Yeah, this, and, then he, and then he just gets killed while his family watches. I mean, that could definitely win some awards. That sounds like every Oscar <laughs> bait film out there. Like so, that would do it. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, and that'd basically be Ford versus Ferrari, which more, already came one out. One more left. One yeah. more left this be, summer. Yeah, it would be Ford versus Ferrari, which already came out. Like that's literally the exact story from that. Oh, see, I haven't seen that. You just ruined it for me. There you go. Well, I mean, it, it's already it's by the Hulu. Movies, the movies already happened in the Star Wars universe, apparently. So <laughs> you don't need to. You don't need to see it, you know. You already know about it. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it like I like I said, it's very cute, and and that you could run with it and do whatever you want with it, and that and that's great. But for me, like I I tolerate it because I love Star Wars so much. But if there was a kid, then I saw like a, a or no, forget it's a kid. If I saw another thirty year old talking about all the Minecraft lore and how this one you pass, this one character you pass by the in, sh- in some weird town has in his whole backstory, I'd be like, what a sad life. <laughs> what a sad life you have. Well, yeah, because it's Minecraft, not Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, that's what it. <laughs> what did I say last episode, Chad? Are there Minecraft conventions that rival the size of San Diego Comic-Con? I mean, Minecon had like 20,000 people at it, which isn't the size of that. But, I mean, it's still pretty big. Like, it's a big thing. Yeah? Oh yeah, my, yeah, Minecon's really big. There's that, um, I guess. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, Star Wars is, well, Star Wars is a big sect of, of geek. Yes. It is. But yes. that still doesn't make it 
not a little sad, you know? Look, people make a living off of this stuff. Go talk to, uh, you know, Alex know. Molly at Star Wars Explained. Go talk to Star Wars Theory. Like, uh, uh, I know. Your favorite, I, yeah. uh, Hello Greedo. Like, no, I think I think that's great. I, I have no problem with that. I, I just feel like, because uh, those guys don't necessarily come up with the theories and stories. They're going off what someone else wrote and put on Wikipedia and so that's where right. I find it. Well, like someone got hired exactly to make what up we're doing to right tie now. all the loose ends. Several it, it, people, probably tons of different authors, yeah. and and you know why? It's not because they wanted to have it. It's because they knew money was there. And then it, there's Pablo Hidalgo. His entire job is literally to write this kind of stuff into like the Star Wars visual dictionaries. Like, right. oh, there's this random prop uh yeah we have to name it it's got to be the aj6 uh what, what was the the name of it the uh the aj6 cyborg construct like all this is all this has got to be shaded in all this everything the detail has got to be immaculate <laughs> and you know why we need that kind of immaculate detail you know no why i don't know why <laughs> i don't because of our next and final segment of the show okay Star Wars, our, our uh, talking Sith hypotheticals that we call them, our hypotheticals. So when you have such a vast construct of, uh, you know, lore and all these different characters and what their what their allegiances are, what their backstories are, and why they hate droids, uh, then when when you go back and say like, well, what if this happened or this didn't happen? You are surrounded by this tapestry of you know secondhand players that could become firsthand players. That so could've... you're telling me someone made canon so that a podcaster could make up hypotheticals? Is that what you are telling me right now? No, I'm telling you, it's very handy for us. But it, yeah, oh, it's mean, handy. It's handy. We, we call for... it the Boshek effect. The Boshek effect. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Boshek, actually, <laughs> side note, canon side note, Boshek just showed up in the new Poe Dameron novel. Wow. That, I think it's 10 or 15 years before The Force Awakens. Boshek right. is kicking around. Did you hear anything about Baby Yoda in it? No, no, Baby Yoda. I mean, Baby Yoda's been off the radar his whole life. Chad, you're complaining we didn't hear anything about Baby Yoda and in seven eight nine. I'm just Why thinking didn't we hear about Baby Yoda one two three four five six in which he was alive during the entire run. Yeah, that's yeah. a good question too. He's out there, but no, I mean he by by post time. Well, what there. I'm saying is by by that by that Poe book, if he's going to play a part, a major part in stuff. You know, why didn't the imagine. Jedi find him? Maybe they did. Maybe they never do. That's what I think could happen. But I mean, he would have been born the same year. We talked about this several podcasts ago. Baby Yoda was born the same year as Anakin Skywalker. Yep. Maybe it was born outside but of the Republic. I still feel like the Jedi, if they had knowledge of him, he would have come into play at some point now. Like if a Poe Dameron book comes out, they would have something about it. 
Not that Poe Dameron necessarily had Jedi stuff, but yeah. he was for there the... Was, there was nothing to do. This was young Poe Dameron. It was it was uh, basically going into... Uh, it was Poe Dameron Freefall, I believe, was the name of the novel. And it was basically his uh, stint with the Spice Runners. Okay. That whole story. But I was saying that it's 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 handy for people who like to tell stories you know just uh immerse themselves in the galaxy it's more immersive because you know like when even with secondhand we used to play star wars galaxies all the time uh casey sean and myself and that was just full of you know you would go and talk to you could talk to woo her and he might say something about you know he would say something about these things if you went and talked to like all these little side characters in the cantina they would mention little plot details from the expanded universe so when you're playing in a universe like that and that's how we play in the universe with these hypotheticals uh chad i think i asked you to come up with the hypothetical did you come up with a hypothetical you asked me to come I don't remember you asking me to come up with that. So no. I could, maybe. <laughs> okay. I was prepared for this. Okay. Um, I have I have I have two types of hypotheticals for you guys, and we'll see which one you guys want to uh you guys want to go into more. Um so in this in the story in canon of Star Wars. I have one, which would be Luke pulling uh, a Ben Solo in Return of the Jedi. So if you remember in The Last Jedi, how uh, Ben Solo, well, Kylo Ren defeated um, Snoke. He had the lightsaber sitting next to him on his throne, and Kylo used the force to turn the lightsaber and impale him, killing him. Well, what the hypothetical would be, what if Luke had done that in Return of the Jedi when he says, yes, take your way, you know, I consent, you know. So um, what if Luke had done that in Return of the Jedi instead of pulling it to him and igniting it and swinging at him? Then he would have just been a Mary Sue. (laughs) Just kidding. I mean, in the story, in the story, um, I mean, Luke already was a Mary Sue, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I can agree upon that. But, but yeah. Not really, because he was the son of Anakin Skywalker, the son of Darth Vader. Just like yeah. Ray was the kind of daughter, granddaughter of Palpatine. Palpatine. Yeah, wasn't Snoke like getting all worked up? I'm trying to remember that like exactly how that scene went down. He, he seemed like pretty distracted. So he's, like, I, I don't he's, know that Luke would have been able to pull it off. I think Palpatine's just too smart. Yes. Yeah, Snoke was feeling the force, but it wasn't from her necessarily or no way. Yeah. He was feeling it from Kylo, but he was misreading what Kylo was going to do with the lightsaber. Right. So, if Luke had done that and killed Palpatine that way, um, I don't think we would have needed a seven, eight, nine. I think Darth Vader probably would have lived, and I don't think Darth necessarily would have uh, 
Yeah, so Luke starts rotating the lightsaber. You guys don't think Palpatine would notice? Like, I, I'm saying I don't think Luke could have pulled it off. No, I think Palpatine was much more powerful and much more in the moment. But, okay. Snoke. Snoke was Palpatine. Well, Snoke was... Was it Palpatine or was it like something that was like a lesser version, like controlled by Palpatine, like a puppet thing? Unclear. See his mind. Yeah. I imagine that we'll get a set answer on that through some form of animated or live action show in five or ten years. But I expect that Palpatine was controlling Snoke, but not really present. Enemy. Okay. So, the, but, but the so for the sake of for the sake of the hypothetical, um, let's say Luke pulls it off. Yeah, Luke pulls it off. He's able to just. I mean, because what's the Emperor's downfall, right? Right. What does Luke tell him? Um, Your self confidence. Um, yeah. You know his. He's bad. His hubris, right? So, like, say Luke's able to pull it off. Because he expects the emperor foresees the future that we that that we all got, which was Luke pulls it to him and he swings at him and Vader blocks it. But Luke just decide like Luke senses that the emperor senses that that's what he's going to do. So he just turns it and ignites it into him. Yeah. So now Darth Vader never gets his redemption. So maybe he's still thinking about trying to rule the galaxy with Luke. Remember that offer was on the table before Luke, or before Luke was taken um, up to the Death Star and Vader presumably now is still evil. I don't think he would attack Luke necessarily, but I think he would want to take control of the empire. Right. And he would be at the perfect place to do, do that. I mean, he's yeah. in the throne room of the emperor Aboard the yeah. Death Star, which is about to get blown up by Lando Calrissian and Wedge Antilles, ending up. Yeah, I don't know if uh, I don't know if Luke ever would go bad. Like, I think he even if he killed Palpatine and like said, "Okay, Dad, come with me," you know, let's do this thing. I think he'd still try to be nice and nice to his dad. He wouldn't, like, try to kill him. And I think if Vader still decided to be evil then and been like, no, join me, join me, he'd say no been, and leave. Would that have been a dark side, like, would he have gotten a lot of dark side points for our, uh, like, Tim Q, like, where we're playing our uh, Star Wars D&D? Uh, &D? Like, uh, is this going to send Luke down a dark path? Like, is he going to be corrupted by the dark side after this? For killing Palpatine? Killing Palpatine? No. I wouldn't think so. I feel like that would be a good thing. And what now, just for the sake of canon, do we know for sure if that was even Palpatine or was that some weaker yep. Palpatine clone? It was, it was Palpatine. That was Palpatine, yeah. And so he would probably attempt to do the same thing he did as he was falling into the reactor core. He would you know, he'd get sliced in half, realize he's going down, release his spirits, so there'd be blue smoke everywhere. Nobody would know what it means. So I think Palpatine would still return. Right. And in the meantime, Darth Vader would take control of the Empire. Mm. I, uh, 
I don't know. I mean, they would both. Do have they to survive? <clears throat> they would both have to escape the Death Star. So, I mean, would Vader even attempt to leave? Because they, they, you know, at some point have to figure out that. Like he's already been present know. for, uh, you know, the first destruction of the Death Star. So I don't think he's going to make a Tarkin mistake. Like if they try to contact him and they're like, uh, we've analyzed their attack and they're going to blow it up again. He's not going to be like, you know, evacuate and a moment of triumph. He's going to be like, all right, uh, I'm getting out of here. Right. But would he have enough time? Would like, I mean, enough time, time, even after like the rest of the fight and everything else that happened. So there's yeah, plenty of time. Luke had enough time. I think Vader would have enough time, but I mean, it, I guess it depends. I mean, by this point, you've had two giant space stations blow up. You can't have that many people left. You just can't. So, so Luke, I feel like he'd be in a very weak position. Well, I mean, they kept him. The Empire still kept him busy for you know several years afterwards. There's, there's a, there's a whole lot of Empire out there still. Um, not, I mean. Not as much many as there was, you know, before the Death Star. Yeah. But there was. I mean, it's an interesting. That's an yeah. interesting point. So, like, Darth Vader is not the politician that Palpatine was. So, like, Palpatine's killed. Vader declares himself the new emperor. Like, would that even fly? So you have like local governors, right, who are would. in control of systems. Like, what if they just don't go for it? Because it was already known that Darth Vader was like. Um, the Emperor's right-hand man, unofficially, but <clears throat> he was also given control of, like, the entire military and everything. Um, so it'd be more of a military coup. So, like, the Emperor's dead, Vader's still in control of whatever's left of the military, so it's just going to default to him. The military yeah. already answers to Vader, so... But I think at this point, though, the Rebels have the leg up here, and plus they can be like, I mean, Luke would be like, hey, guess what? Yeah, I I killed or and Leia would be like, hey, I just killed Palpatine, and uh, you know I'm I'm Vader's son or whatever leading this thing, and Vader's probably not gonna kill him or Leia, so Vader's not really much of a threat, honestly. I don't think I don't think they'd take him as serious because he's not necessarily politically viable. He, I mean, his track record so far is that everything he's on gets destroyed. And, <laughs> yeah, and so, he always was just doing Palpatine's bidding. Like, he, he never was given the opportunity to make major decisions on his own. Yeah, if but there's I mean, one he, thing we can say about Anakin, yeah, if, if there's one thing we can say about Anakin, and that he's always somebody's bitch, and unfortunately, <laughs> and that's that's kind of how he'd be looked at. And I don't think they'd really be that intimidated by him. Uh, and the military would be so weak, and the rebels that? so strong right then. I think whoever's a part of the empire, like under that okay, jurisdiction. Here's the thing. Here's rule. the only reason that the rebels or and then the New Republic were able to take down the the rest of the empire because there is more than remnants. It was the majority of the empire and its military were still around. Um, there was um, oh, what was it called? Uh, Project Cinder or whatever. Like the emperor's. Um, uh, droid thing showed up and Operation Cinder and he had a lot of planets destroyed and he also basically set, a, set some things up so in the you know in case of his death 
if they were all like just default still following the emperor um he actually set them up to fail and in in one of chuck wendig's book books in the aftermath um trilogy he set it up like this in a flashback the emperor told this guy he said um they were playing basically star wars chess and he was like you know he took out the guy's king and the guy was like well you know you just took out my one player and he was like yeah but if you take out the king or the emperor then it doesn't matter. You've already lost and you've all failed. You all just deserve to be destroyed. So I think with Vader in control, um, he might, I mean, the, the Imperials followed him. A lot of the, them have respect for him, just seeing him on the battlefield. Uh, it'd be like a Julius Caesar kind of, kind of thing. Uh, I think that he might potentially, at, at, I mean, it already split the empire. Not all of the empire followed the emperor's like droids anyway. They might follow Vader. Yeah, so it could just turn into a full-blown civil war. So you have Vader with the people loyal to him, and then now you have the rebels who, you know, just knocked out the emperor, and they're Luke and Leia are coming out and saying, okay, we're Vader's children, and you know, we just took out Palpatine. So, you know, you don't have to follow the empire anymore. So I think the rebels are going to gain a lot of traction. So, yeah, I think it just turns into less of a rebellion and more of a full blown clone wars part two, which would be sweet, right? It just continues. And then in the meantime, you've still got Palpatine who's thrown his consciousness to Exegol. So some years later, you got Palpatine coming back anyway. Yep. Yep. After the full-blown Civil War, who knows what will happen with that. Uh, interesting. I mean, do, so, you guys, so you guys think that Vader and Luke, you don't think they would fight? Luke kills Palpatine, and Vader's just like, meh. Right. I mean... Uh, I think he'd know it's going to blow up soon. I don't think that they'd, they'd fight that much in that moment. So you think Vader... I, I almost think that at that moment, like you said, Anakin has always served somebody. He's always been at the end of somebody's leash. Uh, you know, Watto, the Jedi Order, Palpatine. And... I think that at that moment, if he would suddenly, like, felt like yeah this is my empire now i had the potential to do everything the way i wanted to i don't have to answer to anybody um i think that if luke's not going to join him he's going to be like even like what he was with some of his other beloveds you know like uh ahsoka who had you know whoever like he's like okay well then you're gonna die I think that if Luke, because he already attacked Luke, he was fighting with Luke, and the only reason he stopped was because he he saw an opportunity to save Luke. Like, he had Luke, like, Luke was just being tortured. And so he had enough time to think, clear his head, you know. He'd already been defeated by Luke. Yeah, but I think if he saw I mean, him Luke being hurt again, whether he was hurting him or not, or he was having someone else do it, even if he, even if he gave the order, I think he would still get in that, that fatherly nature would kick in that made him stop it the first time. Well, 
I mean, if he's just fighting Luke and he's in the moment, he's in the battle, because he never yields to Luke. Right. Do we think Luke is able to take Vader down if if he never is like hiding and thinking about his sister? So Vader never has the realization that Luke has a sister. Luke never goes off the deep end and kind of taps into the dark side there. So he never overpowers Vader. Like, is Luke walking away from that fight? Maybe they both just die in the Death Star because they're just locked in battle. I don't, yeah, I think that, I think Luke would walk away. I don't think, I think especially in that moment, if he actually killed Palpatine, Luke has the upper hand. Like, Vader will still be in a bit of a state of shock because, and it will affect him in some way, and I'm not sure he'd immediately be able to respond, and Luke would have the upper hand in that moment. Well, like Tim Hughes said, I think that there would have been like a release of that like energy, probably mm-hmm. blowing them both back a little bit. So the other thing to think about is a hypothetical kind of that we talked about before on this podcast, which was uh, was... Palpatine actually trying to get Luke to do the same thing he was trying to get Ray to do. So if Luke had struck him down, would he have been like jumped into Luke's body? No, I don't think so. See, that's what I mean. There's a there's there's a group of people who are who push for that. That like did strike me down, and your journey towards the dark side will be complete. Why would he have Vader? Because Luke swung at him, and Vader stopped it. Right, but so, yeah. so those, do they well, think Vader did that of his own? Say, those people say that Vader may have been doing that more to save Luke, save Luke from the dark side, like save Luke from making like a mistake, like what started him down the dark path by killing, uh, like killing Count Dooku, even killing those Tuscan Raiders in anger. Um, but even so, maybe, I mean. Maybe it was just a happy accident for Vader and everybody else involved that Vader did that. I but. thought he, I thought he chose Ray because she's his granddaughter. Like I thought that the whole familial thing played a role no, in that. He, and so he could have been killed by anybody, and he would have immediately possessed that person. Well, not anybody. He wanted a vessel that was going to serve him, so he wanted somebody potently powerful in the Force. And I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why he was so interested in uh, Sky, you know, Skywalker to begin with, with, with Anakin to begin with, with, and then with Luke afterwards, and then with Ben Solo after that, because I think that originally he was planning on possibly taking over Ben Solo, but then you know he's a reactionary chess player. So whatever he's planned, he's also like, oh, okay, well, now there's an option. I have I've Ben Solo over here, you know, uh, grandson of the Chosen One, or I have this super powerful offspring of my clone. So she is of my flesh. She's super powerful because she's related to me. So it might be – so I think he was like, let me just see which one of these guys comes out on top, and I'll uh, – and both of them are going to want to kill me anyway, which is the way of the Sith anyway, which is what he was banking on. And I'll just, whoever's the best, you know, I'll take them over. But at that moment, it would have been Luke, right? Yeah. I think Nine has some weak writing in moments. So I tend to not take this part. Uh, 
I, I don't know. I, I tend I tend to take nine as like its own thing. Like yeah, this what is, Palpatine did then, he probably didn't have planned in. This is sick. why this is why we need more storytelling, which is going to dive into how Palpatine got there and like. It seems the like names. there was a lot of like Palpatine's live forever plan. I think had not yet been perfected by Return of the Jedi. No, it because wasn't. it took him so long to return. So I don't think he was ready to just jump into the next person the way he was in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, so I, I don't have much evidence to yeah. prove that, but. That's even why. in Rise of Skywalker, I feel like he changes his plan several times in in one movie. Like he's, well, and I think he does too. Like I said, I think he originally this whole time because he's been talking to Ben Solo for his whole life, right? Right. And he's been grooming him. We've seen like the Snoke comics and the Rise of Kylo Ren comics. He's been, you know, uh, mm-hmm. turning Ben and manipulating him for years and years and years. But he's been searching for Ray for just as long. I think that he probably started really taking a hardcore interest in Ben when Ray went missing. Yeah. So then he was like, okay, well, I'll just go after uh, the next best thing, which is Anakin Skywalker's grandson over here. And then suddenly it's like, oh, uh, my granddaughter is back in the mix with all of this. Like, have you, I've felt uh, an awakening, you know, there's been an awakening. Have you felt it? He, it was probably him sensing his granddaughter, sensing Ray at least. Um, you know, that's not what, probably not what it meant originally, but. Right, <laughs> right. but. That's, that's, that's the, that, that's going to be the task of all these other ancillary, you know, stories and stuff yeah. is to fill in these gaps. Well, see, I'll be okay with, I'm okay with those kinds of stories that I'm, that I, I applaud and that I'm good for. It, it's, it's a uh, little nobody in the background, his whole story. That's what I don't care about. <laughs> that's, that's what we need. We need backstories to all the patrons at Mouse Canada's castle. We need yeah, exactly. All, all the other little trinkets that were there in that room with the lightsaber that calls to Ray. We need to know how they got there as well I know. as how the lightsaber got there. Yep, our friend who we interviewed before, who was in the Mandalorian, Dominic Pace need, Gecko. Yeah, Dominic Pace Gecko. We need to know what was Gecko drinking at that bar, because if I don't know that, I don't even know if I want to watch season two. You know, Should we call Dominic Pace right now and ask him. No, we could. Uh, well, we, I bet you I could. Res- I, I could ask Dominic Pace right now what he was drinking at that bar, and he would respond within five minutes. And he and the guy. What's awesome is. Um, I always feel like I'm having an actual conversation with him because he responds with voice uh, like messages. So I'll text nice. him something and he'll be like, he'll just like get on and like almost feel like two way. So for a while there, we were both just like responding back and forth with short, short voice messages. Um, now, yeah, so I mean, it's interesting. It can go several, several different ways. Uh, I mean, if you don't uh, subscribe to the theory that Luke would have been taken over by Palpatine. Some people do. So, I mean, at that point, it would have been Palpatine versus Vader, but Palpatine and Luke's You say body. some people. You say some people. Do you believe that? I, I, I like the I, – I somewhat like it, but I also agree. I, I think it would be cool. It's a cool concept that that could have happened. 
but then like Casey pointed out before uh, it diminishes like what Exegol itself at that point. So it almost seems like Exegol is like uh, Mecca for the Sith and it's, uh, it's neat. It's probably a needed part of this. Um, But the concept of uh, Luke striking down Palpatine and Palpatine um, you know, Luke being open to the dark side and Palpatine taking advantage of that and, you know, inhabiting Luke then. So then you got a young, reinvigorated Palpatine in Luke's body versus Anakin, Vader. I think yeah. Vader's I think Vader's dead at that point, but yeah, I mean that's why it's great to have all these other little all these other little things, uh but uh, for Star Wars storytelling and for geeks like us to break down and go into depth, and I I look I look forward to our yeah next we never we never could have answered that hypothetical without knowing that Rats Tyrell's wife was at the Bunta Eve Classic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Not not this particular <laughs> hypothetical. But, I am okay <laughs> with in-universe hypotheticals. It, it's these sob stories every character gets, and every character has something sad in their story. Yeah, it was funny. It was funny when you when he asked what's sad about Lobot's backstory, and it's like, well, he's actually kind of dead. It's just a, a computer that's yeah. like moving his body around. Yep. Oh, and it's he like, loves yeah, someone, and and it didn't work out. Yeah, he he didn't. He just stayed with Lando instead, I guess. Everyone has a, a heartbreaking story in these. I take it you don't like Disney, then. Nah, I like Disney. <laughs> I, I like. We got Simba and Mufasa. And... Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, but those aren't side characters. That's an essential part of a movie. It's like finding out that that one bug at the beginning on the fleck of grass. His whole parents had just committed suicide before that. Like that's what this is to me. That's what this is. It's nonsense. Like it doesn't affect the movie. It doesn't affect the characters. It doesn't, it doesn't help anything. What if Wu Her had never been uh, his, his had never been killed by the battle droids? He would have never sent the droids outside, right? He would have because he's a character in a movie. But that was his line of dialogue. He still would have said it. Not you're not thinking about it in the right context, Chad. I mean, I did, it, did it matter that the droids were outside? No, it did not. Well, it does not affect the effects. story. Well, let's see. What else do the droids <laughs> do? They hide from the Imperials. Han and Chewie are sitting there talking to Ben and Luke. They notice, like, they, they look over and says, it looks like somebody's starting to take an interest in your handiwork the imperials look over right at him and then they head over that way if they had looked over and saw the droids that they were looking for because at this point all the stormtroopers are looking for those two droids yeah that could make things interesting yeah that's true that's true and just think if that if that bartender didn't have that tragic backstory (laughs) this never would have happened Uh, yeah so then you would have had a shootout in the cantina between you know the stormtroopers probably the praying mantis guy gets shot by 
Bo Shex Kelly killed, and he he never makes it out to uh, live another day and be in the Poe Dameron novel. Look, sir, droids. It's them. Blast Chewie, get us out of here! Run, Luke. And if that pod racer hadn't died, think of what would have gone wrong in episode one. We wouldn't even have Darth Vader, probably. <laughs> you know? Yeah, hey, what if Rats Tyrell had survived? What he could have won? What if he wins the booster? There's a there's, a there's a there's a video there's a video on YouTube. I think a guy talks about that. What I forget what his point was, but you should can you bring it up, Roach? Oh, man. Uh, get some extended introductions to some of the pod racers. They didn't put all the extended stuff back into the film, but some of it did go back in. The lap two stuff in particular. Okay, so they didn't include Rats Tyrell. Because Rats Tyrell's intro has a little bit where like, he kind of like waves hi to his wife and kids or whatever in the audience, and she's like, oh. There you go, Chad. It's like... <laughs> it's kind of a small moment of... dark humor, at the very least. <laughs> because... if you think about it, uh, you know, he crashes and burns in the, in, the, in the cave during the race later on, so it's like... before it was kind of funny because there's a little... you know, the rest of the little people going, ah! before it blows up, so it's kind of funny in a way. But then, like, when they went to extend it, Lucas is kind of looking at it going, you know what? No. We need to make sure the audience knows that he just widowed his wife and left his, uh, you know, left his kids fatherless. We're gonna show that. <laughs> we gotta make sure they know they don't laugh at that point. They gotta laugh at Jar Jar, but they can't laugh at this. See, Chad, it's important. Or they can laugh at it, but we want we want to make them feel bad about it. He wasn't 100% dead set on killing that buzz. <laughs> they didn't put all of the extended Padre stuff back into the film in the, in the, uh, the DVD slash Blu-ray version. So the rest Tyrell moment of darkness with his <laughs> widowing of his fa- and you know venom of his family effectively for racing. I mean, it's not his... Well, it is his fault. He, he signed up for the race, but... And he crashed, so it's his fault, but... That's not in here, but... We, we all know it's in there. It's still happening. It just... It happened... Between the scenes. The Tyrell family is very sad after this. Obviously... He deserves it. You know... Both in shaming... His death... And memorializing... His family's loss. It's really the core element of the Phantom Menace, even though it's not on screen... More important than Anakin. More important than Warwick Davis. Rats! <laughs> See, if it had been Anakin who crashed instead of Rats, Tyrell, the Star Wars saga would be completely different. So again, that is the crux moment of the Phantom Menace. Hypothetical right there. Basically, Rats, Tyrell, Doom, the, the galaxy. <laughs> Jabba the Hutt. There you have it. That's why it's important that we know these types wow. of things. I don't know why I know that video exists. <laughs> I don't know either, but I love it. You probably came across oh, it man. when we were doing our Rats Tyrell highlights. I think, yeah, I think that's when I found that. I just thought that guy was funny, so I, I always remember that video and I watch it sometimes. 
as soon as we put it on, I remembered you had showed me that before because I remember the uh, like the how he put himself in the yeah. The video is worth watching. It's just like it's a really <laughs> bad CG. Like he put himself in the that announcer booth thing. I think with the two headed guy. I love that guy. We got to get right. him on the podcast. Can you track him down? Uh, Denim Intent. That's his name. How many subscribers does he have? He has 15 subscribers. <laughs> okay, yeah, that should be easy. <laughs> okay. Videos, let's see. How many views does that video even have? 39, and like three <laughs> of them were us. <laughs> <laughs> How did you find this, Josh? How do you know about this? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I was just saying. I don't know why I know. 39 views. <laughs> yeah, see, Chad, so there's more people like us who care well, about these yeah. things. Yeah, oh, for sure. It's hugely popular. <laughs> you can get 15 subscribers off that kind of talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah. There's a uh, there, there's an audience for us for it out there, and uh, there's an audience. Yeah. We, we we do have an audience, believe it or not. So uh, you guys, um, we're asking for your hypotheticals, and we're asking for your uh, character spotlights, and we want to know what uh, your feedback is on you know the uh, the hypotheticals that we discussed today. Do you or do you not think it's important that we know the backstory of Wooher? We did a deep dive on Wooher last week, and it was, I mean, it was, it was, it was a, it was a nice little deep dive. You know, we, we even came out knowing uh, how he, how he got his name, how he wooed her, and how he had uh, yeah. woohoo during the happy times of his yeah. life. And, yeah. and then, you know, Tim Q, we made the, uh, we, we made the observation that uh, you fast forward five years after uh, Return of the Jedi, you go back to that cantina, it's being run by droids. So what happened to woo her between A New Hope and Return of the Jedi? The droids finished the job. I mean, you go, and then we said, at that point, he had another child, and instead of woo-hoo, it was boo-hoo, because he's taking a sad (laughs) turn in his life. I mean, these are pivotal things. This is how canon is created. let's, Let's get this canonized. Chad will be... Yes, please. I'll be remembered on Star Wars lore forever. Uh, all right, guys. Why don't you tell uh, tell everybody where they can follow you guys? Uh, no, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I'm I'm on Twitter, uh, Joshua Tim Q. I am on um, Facebook, Chad Michael Campbell. Instagram, Chad M Campbell. I'm Josh Roach, and at the Talking Sith Pod, and you can contact us all. Talking Sith Podcast across all social media platforms. Talking Sith Pod at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts, your feelings on Rats Tyrell, on, on the importance of his death, and uh, how about how about your best Rats Tyrell impression, Tim Q? <laughs> 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 that, that was great. How does he scream? I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Fantastic, guys. Good. Everything expressed in the podcast is the intellectual property of Talking Sith. 
We are not affiliated with Disney or Lucasfilm in any way. Star Wars is their property. We just like to talk about it.